The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to episode number 332 of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast, joined, as always, by the very excited Nick Pollock. Nick, what's up? What is happening? Yeah, I'm excited. I have a thing called SIP percentage, and I won't say what it is, but it's pretty cool. And uh, working with Kyle Bland, our director of research and analytics, and uh, hopefully I get to talk about it soon. We're very thirsty for it. We're thirsty for yeah, there it is. Yeah. I think the I already have the graphic for your article. Do you remember SIPs? Remember SIPs? No, um, you didn't have that. I don't. I don't know what that. You're, I mean, I know what a SIP is of the thing. Like yeah, a yeah, yeah. Cup. SIPs was like a. It was S S I P S, and it was a juice box. It was a black juice box. It was a very popular oh, brand yes. when we were yeah, growing yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I think that's what the graphic <laughs> should be. Should be SIPs. Um, wow. Yeah, I'm, well, I know I'm on fire. Um, uh, listen, <laughs> you guys, uh, obviously you're here to listen to the First Pitch Podcast, but if you don't know, every Tuesday night around 10 p.m. Eastern, Nick and I do the Nick and Alex Baseball Show, which you should be tuning into. We do it live. We talk about baseball. And tomorrow, I haven't told Nick this yet, but tomorrow, one of our segments is I'm going to let Nick go by himself, and he's just going to give an apology to the state of Maryland. Yes, I already, already gave it to you. I already told you that I was I wanted to do this. Um, but I, man, it has been a long day for Alex Fast because he said, hey, everybody, I know that you're here to listen to the first pitch podcast. And uh, this is the on the corner podcast. You've not gotten lost. Um, they're doing a great job over there, by the way. Uh, Chad Young and Scott Chu and Kevin Hastings and Daniel Port. Wonderful job taking over the first pitch podcast from us. But the reason for that is that we can do the Nick and Alex baseball show. And we can do uh, on the corner podcast. So what are we going to do today? Fast. What is it? What is we're this gonna, thing? We're going to do. I don't know. I don't even know which podcast is it or day it is. But I know <laughs> we're going to talk about. Or I know we're going to talk about pitching as usual. Yeah. Nick has put out his top 100. You should watch. He puts it on uh, Twitch.tv backslash pitcher list as he creates the list. So if you want to be there while he is creating the list, you can of course watch him. If you got questions for him, you can either drop it inside of, you know, the article or you could just be there while he's doing it live and say, Nick, you yeah. why is Nick Lodolo where he is? Uh, why is, uh, you know, I don't know. And you can ask me in the morning, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. every single weekday morning. Uh, keep in mind, uh, the list streams I'm not allowed to publish on Twitch anymore because I play music that they don't want me to play. So you got to watch it live. 
That's that's the only way to do it. Also, last thing, if you haven't read the notes of the list, well, there is a special offer this week. Uh, I think the lowest we've ever offered PL Plus yearly, like ever, mm. inside of it. So definitely go check that out if you're thinking about getting PL Plus, which you should. It's you an should. amazing thing. Without any further ado, we're going to dive into the list. I don't yes. know what this week's theme is. Oh, uh, unbelievable fact. I'm going to I'll stall for about 10 seconds as you think of that. Okay. Um, and I want to, you know, just just say thank you to everybody still listening right now is is the all star break. I know what happens in July. I know there's this other thing with like kind of an oval ball that everyone gets obsessed with. And for all of you still listening, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. And through the end, we will be here. I'll be streaming every day. Um, I mean, except for next week, because it's also a break. But you understand. Mm. I'm here for you. We're here for you all the way through October. So uh, thank you for sticking around. Yes, that just reminded me. I'm glad we are doing it early next Monday, because I'm going to the Home Run Derby. So we do. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, just forgot about that. Okay. Um, right. I have, in LA, I have buddy. The... You can actually like enjoy the All-Star game this time instead of previous yeah, year, you know? Totally. I, now I can, uh, uh, yeah, it'll be like <laughs> my own bed at the end of the event. Uh, I have to tell you, I'll tell you about that after the podcast. Or yeah, sure. Cool, I'll be hanging out with some cool we, people after. Yeah, we have stories, guys, that we talk about behind the scenes. Yeah, we we cuddle up in bed together, we come up <laughs> light, and then we go, what's your, what's your favorite movie? Um, yeah. All right, so I have the theme. I have the theme for. I, very funny you say that. I have the theme for uh, for today, and it is video games. Each tier oh, will oh, be wow. a, a, a potential video game, um, one that you're definitely familiar with. Nick also plays video games, just like myself. So we're going to dive in. We're going to talk about tier one. A little bit of changes, some additions oh, here. Corbin Burns, Shane McClanahan, Garrett Cole at number three, Sandy Alcantara at four. Zach Wheeler and Max Scherzer rounding out tier one at number six. What is it called and why is it called that? This is so much pressure because I'm essentially saying what the game, uh, my favorite game of all time is the best game of all time, right? 100%. Uh, fine. It's Ocarina of Time. All right. Uh, you happy? You happy? Ooh. I know you're a li- link to the past boy. Mm. It's fine. No, no, um, no. Ocarina is my favorite. Okay, good. Well, yeah, it's got everything you want. It's got good music. It's got good characters. It's got adventure. It's got, it's got the happy times. It's got the sad times. It's got the whole shebang, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's a good thing. And look, all of these, you're just going to go back to their comfort food. And uh, you're just thrilled about it. I was just trying to think if I would put Breath of the Wild over Ocarina, but I think it's tough. I know, but it, yeah, it's just not it's just a different thing. I know I was actually thinking that too. I was like, no, I'll go to the tried and true, and that's what yeah. makes them tier one. That's a great point. Uh so uh one thing we should talk about then too is we do have a little bit of a leapfrog here as yeah. you've you've ultimately decided, which is big. This is a big thing to do in tier one that Shane McClanahan has jumped over Garrett Cole. He is the number two pitcher in baseball. This is interesting because it's about rest of season projection. Is there any concern, you know, that Shane McClanahan not going to be able to be the workhorse that we need him to be in the second half? I mean, fast. We talked about it on the Nick and Alex baseball show. I wanted to call the pitch of the first half Shane McClanahan's four seamer. You wanted to call it his change up, you know? I mean, that's just what he's doing. And I even said last week while doing the list, like everyone wanted me to leapfrog him above the Garrett Cole. I said, no, not going to do it unless Garrett Cole really stumbles. And that's why he did five and runs. And it's just like, all right, fine fine yeah. McClanahan hasn't done that <laughs> yeah. in fact I have to go back to April 30th to find the last game where he allowed more than two runs and he's allowed just <laughs> since May 11th including May 11th it's been one game 
above one run. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven starts. Oh my lord, ten of eleven have been one or fewer. That's insane. I mean, this is just the consistency that you've been dreaming of, and you could argue that it's above Corbin Burns too. One seventy-three ERA, point eight one WHIP with a thirty-six percent carry and a sub five percent walk rate, which is just—I don't need to tell you all the CSW marks. You know they're amazing. It's the number one CSW in the majors at thirty-six point five percent, right? Like, it's so good. But Corbin Burns has done it for a little longer, mm. and that—that's really all it is. And it's not like he's been bad. I mean, Cole, Gary Cole hasn't been as like two ERA-ish or so. So fine. He's number three now. That's it. Yeah. To quote The Rock also, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, if you got Burns, you yeah. got McClanahan, who cares? You're living the dream. You got a great pitcher. Um, Tell the people who have McClanahan. That's so funny. I, and that's me. Yeah. That's me. I did just, I, I, I only, you're going to kill me. Obviously, you know I'm going to be mm-hmm. relegated in the pitcherless league this year. I only have one league that I really am able to do. I'm last place in labor. It's just a, a baby. It was a little bit too much to do a bunch of them. But I did just acquire uh, Aaron Nola. So I've got now. Uh, Wait, you're you're going to be relegated? Oh my! I didn't notice. Fast, you are totally going to be relegated. Nick, I haven't set my lineup in a couple months, my friend. I'm sorry. Uh, it, it's been it's been a long time, and I'm ready for it. It's it's okay. It is what it is. Fast. Um, listen, I it's either my sanity or or that. you know of all the things of all the things that we have done together, you got the FSWA award, and uh, you know you won tout. I haven't done it, but. I've won the PL Legacy League. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's true. Oh, sorry. I gotta get. I gotta get some win, guys. Just something. That's a big one. No, that's, a, that's a big one. Uh, but I will say, in that home <laughs> league, I just got uh, a Nola with my McClanahan. Even though Nola kind of no, stumbled a little bit in the final stretch tonight. But that's what we're talking about. We're talking about one last thing before we move into tier two, which is Max Scherzer. I imagine him rising two spots was just like, all right, he's been back for a couple starts and he's fine. He's obviously a top ten, you know, top six apparently pitcher in baseball. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, Scherzer is insane. And he also went tonight and was insane again. And that didn't even come to consideration of this. Uh, Nine strikeouts and seven innings, one earned run and three base runners. Uh, Look, I put him in the second tier because I didn't know if he'd be great out of the gate. And then he was. I'm like, oh, okay, you're in tier one again. And it's kind of hard to put him above anyone else just because they've all been so good. There's an argument to be made that Garrett Cole should be sixth tier, but Mm -hmm. I... I don't know if I'm quite ready to do that, but we'll see. I mean, and they're all just so good in Zacharina. You love it. You love it. All right, let's move on then to tier two, which is seven through 12. Justin Verlander, Joe Musgrove, Carlos Rodon, Shohei Otani, Kevin Galsman, and Alec Manoa. Uh, this is called Doom. Doom. Okay, go on. Yeah. And, and you're, you're, you, get a <laughs> you get a pitcher on your team and you're like, can it run Doom? <laughs> and that is you know you're like can it can it be an sp1 is what you're asking if you don't know that meme essentially there's mm. it's just a whole challenge of anything with a chip on it and a display to be able to run doom on it sure and uh yeah that's what you're hoping for all your starters and these guys yeah these are all sp1s regardless of not being in that top tier i think the best thing i ever played doom on was like a ti whatever See? 
Yeah, How did you not understand my reference? I Can't did. No, I got the reference. I got the reference. I feel like the two major those like that's the same reference to me as like remember in Reddit where like something would disappear and it would come back up and it would be the beginning of Skyrim. Like, hey. Oh yes, that. yeah, of course. That was great. Um, the person I want to talk about in this tier is someone who who didn't rise nor fall despite having. I can't even say no. Yeah, the 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 best start of his season solely because he went all nine innings, and that's Carlos Rodon, San mm. Diego, nine innings pitched, Warner and run, two walks, twelve strikeouts. You know, he was clearly upset that he wasn't an All Star. Um, he he doesn't rise nor fall. It's just because we've seen him record double digit strikeouts not too recently, but we also seen him get hit pretty hard against the uh, Diamondbacks. I mean, because keep in mind, Verlander and Musgrove fell because Scherzer leaped. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gaussman and Manoa fell because Otani leaped. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't see anything here from Verlander or Musgrove to say, oh, yeah, Rodon is, you know, deserved to be above of them. Uh, I did love the fact that Rodon threw his hardest pitch of the night, 99.1 miles per hour on his final pitch of the night. Love that. Ah, oh, it's so good, isn't it? And it's kind of fitting for him to be right next to Verlander, who kind of uh you know set that tone right uh we all know that foolish baseball video where he was throwing the hardest and best pitches in the eighth inning of that mm. video um so yeah carlos rodon's great i mean I, I don't really think that anyone would have a problem putting rodon here with Musgrove and verlander performing as well as they have um hopefully we'll we'll learn a little bit more about kevin gossman and the bone bruise that he's dealing with tonight and as you're probably listening to this on tuesday as he'll go he's slated to go against the phillies that will be without JT Realmuto and Alec Bohm. And of they, course, uh, Bryce Harper as well. And Bryce Harper. Well, one, two have decided to forego science. One has decided to have surgery. Um, all right, let's move on to the next tier, tier three, 13 through 23. We're talking Luis Severino, Aaron Nola, Brandon Woodruff, Max Fried, Clayton Kershaw, Logan Webb, Robbie Ray, Dylan Cease, Shane Bieber, Pablo Lopez, Tony Gonsolin. He rounds it out. What's this tier called? And why is it called that? Uh <laughs> this is so difficult for me because I, I mean how i feel about video games is totally different than than others okay you know what i'm gonna call it i'm gonna i'm gonna do a little sidestep i'm gonna do a ps2 okay um because it's stable you know that that's like a, a rock of a machine it came out and you're like all right okay i can i can work with this for a long time <clears throat> you know felt like a a a, a step forward for everybody had everything you'd want say for nintendo games and yo these don't these aren't in the top 12 right it's not everything but these these are certainly rocks and that's what the ps2 was oh, okay so you're going just just the just the the console in general yeah it's a theme fast all right i gotta you know i, I have my staples up first right? i had garlic last week for spice but we got the dune you know yeah yeah, yeah we got yeah. the spice girls okay you know you gotta add a little flavor Garlic was garlic was a good one. Really, really was a big fan of garlic. Uh, the person <laughs> that I want to talk about in this tier is is a guy that I don't feel is is getting as much love coming back from uh, uh, from some injury. The past couple starts from him, very very good with that slider, and that's Clayton Kershaw. Mm. Really great start against the Cubs, going seven and two thirds with one earned run, two total runs, no walks, and ten Ks. He takes fifteen Ks on that. Uh, 15 whiffs, excuse me, on that slider. He threw 50, 34% CSW on that pitch alone. And that's back-to-back uh, 14 whiff or higher performances for his slider as he did the same thing the start before against San Diego. What are you thinking about Clayton Kershaw? I mean, Kershaw also allowed 600 runs. Before he was cores and whatnot, I didn't really think that Freed, Woodruff, Nola, Severino were pitching so poorly that Kershaw should go above them. 
Also, I think we all can acknowledge that there's still a heightened injury risk with Kershaw, even though uh, he's returned from it. I mean, is he going to survive all the way through September? Is he also not going to get babied at all by the Dodgers as we get down the stretch? I don't know. And it's not, you know, I, I know I put Otani at 10, but Otani deserved this, I felt, uh, with how good that slider has been. Um, and I mean, Kershaw could climb up if he continues to pitch like he has in his last two starts. But, you know, all these guys are really good. And it's kind of really tough to, to figure out exactly which one's going to perform best. There's often that very trite scene in a film where a protagonist will escape from the rubble or an enemy will escape from the rubble and they'll look to the skies and uh, overjoy at how they've escaped all potential doom. And the next thing you know, something immediately falls on them and kills them. Is mm-hmm. that Shane wow. Bieber owners right now I'm... thinking, oh, my God, I should have gotten out while I could have? Jesus, that was dire uh, and morbid. <laughs> um, no, I mean, Shane Bieber's fine. And he's just the other guys Dylan Cease is killing it right now. And so is Robbie Ray. And so is Logan Webb. The aforementioned Kershaw. He still has an ace is going to ace. He's still inside of tier three. Shane Bieber just hasn't gotten as many strikeouts recently. Um, and I do wonder if the four seamer being 90 91 is actually getting to him a little bit. But as long as the slider is as effective as it has been, he should be fine. So I'm not really worried about it. I mean, yeah, I, I guess there's two sides of it, right? He, he's given up he's given up three earned runs at least in every single performance since the middle of June, but all of them have also been quality starts. So that's a very impressive, very poor quality start streak from him. Huh. And then uh, he, he isn't able to get it against the Tigers as he goes five and two-thirds, giving up five earned runs. Three walks, two with just the six Ks, but you're saying, hold on, not... Yeah, not hold on, it's, it's all right. I mean, I'm still always going to be a little concerned about the, the fastball velocity, but... Yeah, it's 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 always with the list. It's always a trend going down until he corrects it, right? Mm. Uh, and I'm not ready to jump ship here. Okay. Uh, let's move on to tier four. This is 24 through 30. We're talking Charlie Morton, Julio Urias, Shane Boz, Chris Bassett, Hugh Darvish, Luis Castillo, and Framber Valdez. What's it called and why is it called that? Oh, man. Okay. I, I have some... I, I, I've come up with some interesting ones. Okay. I... I am going to go with, I, uh, all right, fine. I'm going to go with the glorious master race. And that is the PC. I, <laughs> uh, so I don't know if you know what? that, that is, yep. That's what it's called. It's like, there's a, there's a superiority that people oh, okay. play PC have and they call it, oh, there's, sure. a, there's an actual company called glorious master race. I but that's how you feel when with a lot of these players is like no I believe that you Darvish is going to be amazing or Luis Castillo or all the things I've heard about Framber Valdez and Shane Boz is going to be my hero and all that kind of stuff and they're not there yet I'm like okay PC guys I have one too but come on it's it's not everything in the world Mm. uh there's you know you don't get you don't get your Nintendo games okay there's something about you know you need a controller for stuff all right um it's really expensive Okay, you're not amazing. <laughs> that, that's how I feel. That's your four. That's we're, we're going to start with a little bit of a positive with a guy who returns from the COVID IL uh, and back on the list, uh, number twenty-seven, Chris Bassett. So he comes back after a, a pretty, you know, what is it like two weeks off, right? With from from the COVID IL about. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, um, something like that. Yeah, it's about two starts. It seems like you know he's still picking up a good amount of call strikes, but I don't feel like personally the best 
sinker command that I've seen from him over mm. the course of, of, of the year. The, uh, the slider also a, a little bit erratic, but again, still, still picks up 19 called strikes and a 32.3% CSW on the day. He throws 99 pitches. So there's no concerns there. Yeah. He just walks three, but excuse me, he just strikes out three, but he still gets the, uh, the quality start six and a third. What are you looking to see from Chris Bassett moving forward? Yeah. So him and uh, Framber Valdez is a little bit similar because those are guys that, you know, I talk about liking um, Wheeler and Alcantara before it's about, I think generally undervaluing workhorses guys who constantly go deep into games. Bassett is one of them. So is Framber Valdez. I still see the high slider and cutter usage, which is good. It should mean that the 25% strike rate is very much attainable for Chris Bassett. And there's a question in my head, if Framber Valdez or Chris Bassett are going to have a higher strikeout rate by the end bass i do believe will have a better whip even though framber's currently winning that battle at the moment um i don't think the 13 strikeout game for him uh framber is legit sure so so that, i mean that, that kind of grouped them together at the moment i mean valdez has been a lot better than i expected so he's in the same tier now but yeah with bassett being that six inning guy being someone who's constantly through the years been like a three five era and a 110 115 whip and a strikeout rate somewhere between 20 and 25%, maybe could push that 25 with that slider cutter. I don't see anything different from him right now, even though you didn't get the strikeouts and you've gotten eight in the last two starts that Chris Bassett has had. I don't think that that's the destiny for Chris Bassett. Okay. Um, I want to at least be able to give you a moment to uh, expand upon the blurb that you already wrote about Shane Boz, but people should hear it if they miss that roundup, which you shouldn't. You should be reading it every morning. He he falls too, and people might look at it who just look at the box score and think, what are you talking about? This is the second blow up for him, uh, you know, since it is first, what, like six starts. Um, He gives up seven runs. He can't even make it out of the third inning. But you're saying, hey, pump the brakes a little bit. This was just a poor bad luck inning. He's going to be fine. Fast, you know, I, I just wish every day you can just message me and tell me that you read the roundup. That's all I want to hear. All right. That's all I want in life, you know? Discord, um, engage bot. <laughs> How could you? Um, Shane Boz, look, he he allowed a, uh, oh, what was even the first thing? I don't even remember. Oh, yeah. It was, you know, a single followed by like a weird home run from Jonathan India who went down and like got a slider down and away and somehow hooked it over the wall. Followed by a single that turned triple because the right fielder dove for the ball. And I still hate the fact that that's not considered an error. Um, that Tommy Fang gets a third. But wait, they get a ground to first. They got him at home, dead to rights. But then they throw the ball away and Tommy Fang scores. Next batter is Tyler Stevenson, who sees a 3-0 fastball up. And it wasn't like down the middle. It was like up middle, like we would normally be fine with. And he crushes it to center for a two-run shot. The next guy takes an 0-0 free real estate curveball to center for a single. And then Mike Moustak sees an 0-0 free real estate changeup and hits a two-run shot. And what? How did how did that happen? Um, Boz isn't going to do that again. It was 2.1 innings of totally fine, everything is good, baseball. And then it just wasn't. Team um, Boz is still good. I wonder if he was tipping a little bit um, because seeing those early jumps on the changeup and the curveball seem a little off. Um, but... I don't know. And maybe like India, the way, the way he was selling out for those secondaries too, when it was a one, two count. That's just me being silly though. I, I think Shane Boz is not what we saw yesterday. And that's pretty much the bottom line. 
Okay. Now, not as not as lenient for Julio Urias, who gets into a weird game with the Cubs. It goes two or, uh, two innings, five earned runs, one walk, and three Ks. Uh, the Dodgers end up coming from behind and winning that game yesterday. But you seem to be a little bit more worried dropping him six. Uh, I only dropped him six because uh, I wanted to keep the aces going to ace tiers intact. I had to put up Ray. I had to put up Cease. I had to put up Gonsolin. I had to put up Morden. I had to include Max Scherzer. Okay. So it was really just Morden versus Urias in this situation. And I was like, yeah, Morden has been on the track to an ace is going to ace. This was going to be the uh, the coronation start for Urias to get his AGA label. Mm. And he didn't do it. Good news for him is he has an early, uh, easy start later this week against the Angels. That should be fine. So he'll be right back on track. So sad we have to say easy start against the Angels. Um, all right, let's yeah, move on to that's what it is. Next, uh, next tier here, uh, 31 through 36, tier number five, Chris Sale, Kyle Wright, Lucas Giolito, Frankie Montas, Spencer Strider, and Lance Lynn. What's it called? Why is it called that? Wouldn't you like to know? You got to wait until after this break. Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code podcast also don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from youtube videos live streams newsletters off-season articles tiktoks breakdowns over 15 baseball podcasts on our network we can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season so sign up for pl plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free all right thanks for listening let's get back to the show and we're back. What you don't hear is uh, this is a, or see this is 75 minutes later. We had to take a large <laughs> break. Nick couldn't think of a video game. He had a little bit of a breakdown. He said, I need to go play a bunch of stuff on the places real quick. All right, Nick, what 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 is uh, what is this year called? This is called Tron because a lot of, you know, there's some youngins involved that are into it. There's some older folk that are swear it's the greatest thing. And then you'll find a lot of people that are like, I don't care about Tron. Okay, very good. Very good. You're welcome, Fast. Very nice, very nice. Uh, Chris Sale finally going to make his uh, 2022 debut tomorrow night. What are you expecting or what are you hoping to see from Chris Sale? Um, I have I have five mantras in life fast. Okay. I have five of them. Wow. The first four are nice and like, you know, really thoughtful, I think. The okay. fifth one is pretty simple. It's don't suck. Sure. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty good. That's a pretty basic one. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that yeah. that's what I'm hoping from Chris. So that's Hale. all you want to say. That's all you want to say. Just for the sake of like the Rays Clubhouse, you know? Just that I uh, so the they Rays don't lose clubhouse? the Clubhouse? Yeah, yeah. Are they playing in oh, the in, oh, in Tampa oh. Bay? Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, just so there's no damage attack. Yeah, you know, everything's okay. all right. <laughs> That's um, what I'm hoping for. I mean, he just walked five in that last rehab. You know, we're hoping that he's doing better than the, what, the 134 whip, if I remember correctly, from last year. Yeah. I've not seen that in ages. Uh, but I, I hope we see a good amount of velocity, you know, 95 plus. We'll probably see 93.5. I'm not going to get over my, uh, not going to get my expectations up there. But 
you know, it's going to be a tough week because you have this, which is kind of still ill. And then you have the Yankees after that, and you probably won't feel comfortable starting Chris Sale there. I would imagine after the all-star break, Chris Sale is likely a tier four pitcher as opposed to a tier five, but I can't quite do it until I see it. So he's going to be here in tier five, probably for another week or two. Um, The other person uh, we should probably address um, is the guy who went today uh, and did not do very well. He already fell five spots. Uh, I'm trying very rapidly to see if this is the case. It's not the case. Okay. He only picked up four uh, whiffs on that four-seamer. Not his career low with him in velocity? 50 pitches. Uh, the velocity, his velo- – like where where was he sitting for this game? He was down yeah. – he was down a little bit, not too Two? much. He was he was sitting 92 and a half. He was sitting about 93 in his four-seamer. Um, oh, okay. That's actually – we've been seeing 92 on the four-seamer. Yeah, um, so that's a little more encouraging because he was ninety three, ninety four last year, and that was much better. He does uh, end the but day eight earned runs though. Yeah, yeah. eight earned runs. He, a lot of that coming in the first inning. What do you have to say to these Lance Lynn? Someone said this on, uh, on Twitter. He's not droppable. I wouldn't. I don't think he's droppable. Uh, yeah. But you've got to be a little concerned uh, about Lance. Yeah, I had I had a temptation to drop Lance Lynn more in this, and I think I saw I read a comment being like. You got to drop Lancelin more, and that makes sense. But I think it was also after today's game, which I did not have sure. while doing this. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's pretty bad right now. You know, you see Barrios at 48, and you're kind of like, yeah, Lancelin and Barrios, kind of the same tier in tier seven at this point. I mean, tier six is a lot of stuff that you feel will help now. Certainly didn't expect an eight earned run outing here. It was more of, you know, if you guys remember, um, Zach Wheeler was throwing 94 at the beginning of the year. And 93, I think, for one start. Then it was 95, then 94.5, maybe not 93. But it was not good. And we were wondering if that was going to come back. And then it did. And he needed time. And that was his spring training. And Lance Lynn didn't really have that, right? So uh, and so it's kind of replicated in this. We expect it to come back. And we just have to give it time, which is why he's at 36 right now. Uh, but it makes it harder to do so. And uh, to, to keep holding that faith, especially when you have less time to take advantage of that being you know july 11th as opposed to zach wheeler going through it on april 11th right um or april 20th if whatever you want to say it wasn't as poetic so mid yeah i probably if i were doing it right now probably would be putting lynn in the seventh tier as opposed to the fifth because this is a major drop of it's hitting more alarm bar, uh, bells so i was kind of hoping it would you know today would be a little bit more encouraging but then again 93 is i don't know um, but yeah, he'd probably be around 45 or so. Okay. Moving on to tier six, 37 through 43, John Gray, Logan Gilbert, Luis Garcia, Christian Javier, Nestor Cortez, Tristan McKenzie, and Patrick Sandoval. What's it called? And why is it called that? Oh, right. I got to name these things. Oh man. I think I can uh, bail you out. I think I have a good one, but I, oh, I do you. Yeah. I think no, what do you got? What do you got? Cause you never do it. I'm going to call it fable. Okay. And here's okay. why, because it's this year starts out really good. And then it just, you want it to be good, but it keeps getting Mass a little effect. bit more disappointing. But then, since they're remaking Fable, there's a little bit of hope at the end. Which oh, okay. Of all. So it kind of turns wow. it around there. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Okay, okay. I never played them. Oof. I know Fable the guy is... Peter Molyneux, right, um, is very much, well, the guy is very much of like, you can do anything. Sure. And it's wonderful. And he's such a, like, a massive promise guy that just never comes through. Yeah, uh, and it's very frustrating. Yeah. Uh, so that, I thought that's where you were going with it, which I think is kind of cool with that tier. But that's probably more tier seven than tier six. But 
John Gray is amazing. I, and you got to know it fast. I don't know yeah. if you realize how good John Gray is right now. He's been, he's, a, he's a guy that we talked about last week, and it's great to see him continue to rise. Um, is there, did you have like a, a, I don't want to say spiel because that almost denigrates what you're going to say, but is there something you more in depth you wanted to say about John Gray? Denigrate away. No, um, 245 <laughs> ear Ray, 109 whip, and a 30% strikeout rate across his last six starts. John Gray also has a 15% swing strike rate in that time as his fastball has sat above 96 miles per hour with a 40% CSW on the slider. That's six starts worth. That's not just like one or two. That's six in a row. Yeah. And I, you know, that's the the White Sox, the Tigers, the Phillies, the Royals, the Mets, and the Twins. I'll take it all day. Sign all me up, day, baby. The, the, I'd be remiss if we didn't at least acknowledge Nestor Cortez falling nine spots. Kind of crazy that he's in his past. What is it like six or seven starts? I think it's six starts. Has only got to the six through the six once. Um, his highest uh, pitch total in that time, 91 pitches. You think they're just trying to slow him down a little bit, maybe save some save some for the playoffs? Like, what's going on here? Um, you know, sometimes in life, life, you can just be remiss fast, you know? Like, just just get through it, okay? You give yourself that. That's your sixth mantra. Sometimes yeah, you yeah. Six, remiss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen to Nick Pollock and friends if you want to hear the other four. I mentioned yeah. them a lot. Um, but, uh, yeah, well, in his last six starts um, – Cortez has has gone above 80 pitches four times. Um, it's hit 91 once, and that was against the Rays when he went five point one innings. When he got that six um, innings against Cleveland on July 2nd, that was 89. Like he's still able to do that, right? But over those six starts, a 5.34 ERA, 1.36 WHIP, 22% K rate, and that's kind of the guy that I thought he might be hinting at that he eventually would get back to after the April and May and everyone's just yelling at me, like put him up, give him aces, canaes, all that stuff. Um, So I'm giving him the opportunity to come back, say, okay, all right, you're going through the bad stuff. Now you've seen the good stuff. We've seen the bad stuff now. And what's the middle ground? Well, it's a 274 ERA and 103 whip. So as long as you get back to it, like things are fine. Right. Um, But yeah, not not great at the moment for Nestor Cortez, and I it brings me no joy pulling him down each week. It's just he's not as good with his command as he was before, and that's kind of an issue. Yeah, um, Patrick Sandoval doesn't rise or fall too much. He rises one spot, but coming off a really really great start excuse me, against the Orioles, 10K is going into the seventh inning. I think they, you know, I understand he was in 95 pitches. I think they pulled him a little bit too early, especially considering the woes of that bullpen. That changeup just looked absolutely fantastic. 10 whiffs over 29 thrown. <clears throat> He's backing up what he did uh, against the Astros to start before where he had 9Ks, the changeup looking very good. Again, just kind of more of the same for Patrick Sandoval for you. I mean, the changeup has gotten uh, an exuberant amount of whiffs over his last three starts now. Um, that's 25 across his last three combined. Uh, the slider also looked really good in the last start against the Orioles. Uh, nine sliders and against the Astros at seven. I The thing is, he gets the Dodgers next, and it's still like, all right, if he can pull it out there, then I guess I'll push him up further. Um, I am a little worried about how the All-Star break is going to treat some guys. Maybe not Sandoval, because he is going to be going later this week. But for for a guy, you know, it's it's, it's a break. It kind of does change guys out in rhythm or not a lot. And it's why I think, you know, we talk about first and second half splits. Um, and we just use the, you know, the, the all-star break as a def, uh, as one of like an easy one, even though it's not quite the break. Right. 
It's really not the, the first and second half. It's more like 60-40%. But I, I think it does affect some guys in some ways. Like you, you take your foot off the gas pedal. Sometimes it helps them because they get the rest of the need. For some guys like Sandoval right now, I wouldn't want him to. Um, I, I wonder. And uh, I kind of want to see him once start past the all-star break still having this changeup and slider uh, before I can really push him up the ranks. Moving on to tier seven, 44 through 49, Blake, Blake Snell, excuse me, Jordan Montgomery, Mike Clevenger, Joe Ryan, Jose Barrios, and Zach Gallen. <clears throat> excuse me. What's it called? And why is it called that? Uh, it's called the power glove because we oh. think these guys are great, but really it's just kind of obnoxious to use. <laughs> One of my favorite quotes. I love the power glove. It's so bad. <laughs> I, love it. I love it. But the thing is, though, it actually is bad. It's not like 80s bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? well, perfect. Even better. Um, <laughs> I, I, everyone here falls into that tier except for Blake Snell, who rises 22, a very large uh, a rise for him, catapulting some tiers here. What are you seeing from Blake Snell? To have yeah, very, very Lewis, very Luis arise here um, for Blake Snell, who tw- had 23 strikeouts in his last two starts against the Dodgers and the Giants. Ooh. That's pretty dang cool. You know, I, and it, it's really frustrating because. If you guys have been following the list the entire year, and you have because you're amazing, you'll know that I had Blake Snell pretty high up for a long while, right? He hit the IL essentially in his first start um, or first game, really. And then he returned in the middle of May and never got into a groove. And that was on you know May 18th. And I had him still kind of high up on the list. They're like, oh, okay, you just need some time to get the rust off. But it took him seven starts to, to shake it off. And finally, the start of July, I mean, we're going to say in the offseason, starting July 1st, Blake <laughs> Snell had whatever, right? Yeah. And that's me talking. That's no one else. That's me talking. <laughs> um, and I, you know, the last two starts, two earned runs and 23 strikeouts is pretty much all you need to know across 11 innings. That's incredible. So hopefully Blake Snell has got it now. Like, hey, what's up? And guess what he's doing fast? Guess what? You can say the one thing I'm so excited that Blake Snell is doing. What is it? Blake Snell's back. All right. Because BSB, Backstreet's back. All right. Blake Snell blueprint. Yeah. Kind of. Not throwing changeups? Not throwing changeups. He's thrown five in his last two starts combined. Okay. I have a, you know, I have a Blake Snell back in time out. for you. If only. Yeah, right. And like, I just, I just, I, I can't help myself fast. I just go back to that Twitch conversation I had with him. Yeah, I remember. And I say conversation by me just leaving one comment. <laughs> And it was, hey, is the chain up still in time? And he goes, no. Mm. And I go, oh. <laughs> and it's 7% usage across the year. But in these two starts, it was 2% and 3%, right? Finally, yeah. good. Put that in timeout. You're dominant without it. So it's good to see that. Uh, I'm crossing my fingers. I mean, it's two starts, right? You know, the rule, it's one starts an exception. Two is a suggestion. Three is mm. a confirmation, even though it's really four. So we're two down, and hopefully he can seal it. And guess where he's pitching next, fast? Um, Baltimore. No. Where is he pitching? San Diego. Where is he pitching? Uh, I don't know. Coors. Oh, he is. Oh, that's right, because it goes, well, Manaya's tearing him up tonight, then Clevenger, and then him. Oh, is that right? Is he, yeah. is he, doing, is he doing well? Good for him. He's, oh, he, he literally just came up. 
given up he'd given up one earned run, run over six and a third, and he just gave up a Randall Gritchick home run. But still, six, <laughs> six and six. And what a have third. you done, fast? It's all like, your seriously. fault. I literally just checked, and he just got replaced. That's very funny. But he got you the quality start, six and a third with with you know two earned runs. Um, what is that? One uh, one walk in five Ks. But the, the other person that I actually wanted to talk about in this tier was the person who's going tomorrow night. You know, Mike Levenger kind of reminds me of that uh, of a, a really intense crush that you would have in high school. And then uh, five or six late, years later, you're scrolling through Facebook and maybe they pop up and you're like, oh, yeah, whatever happened. Uh, and it's not great. I mean, he, he has this really good start. Um, oh, not really good. He has an exciting start against Arizona. And you're like, He's really good. Right. What are you talking about? Two base runners, zero and run, six innings, six Ks. That's a really good start fast. I'd say good. I'd say good. Oh, come I mean, on. I'd say, well, I mean, it's because when you, when, when it's the love of your life, you know, all <laughs> just solely I'll based tell off Chris pitching. how you feel about Clevenger. <laughs> solely based off pitching. Uh, none of his other stuff. Cause he's a nut job. Um, but you know, you see that and you demand more. He goes into cores tomorrow. Is that a start you're making for him? No, I already have him and do not start. Uh, oh, I'll show you. Cause something. I have, because I have my streaming rankings every day fast. Mm. You'll show me because you're doing it. That's bad because you don't set your lineup. <laughs> no, I, and, my, and, the, and my one league. <laughs> I wish I had him. Half my team's injured in that league. Yeah. Yeah. That's the Bueller league, isn't it? Yeah. It's Bueller and Freddie Peralta and Bryce Harper. It's like, okay, what am I going to do? Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I think I have him do not start. Yeah. I have him do not start 16th overall. Um, I have 32, but does, I never care about the number. It's always just like, what tier are they in and who is it relative to? Sure. They're just like the list, y'all. It doesn't matter what number they are because it could just be 25 to Grums and then Corbin Burns is 26, you know? You'd still get an argument. Well, why isn't Burns <laughs> why isn't the, the 24th <laughs> uh, This is kind of true, though. I <laughs> we love uh moving on to tier eight this is 50 through 55 another tiny little baby tier taiwan walker miles michaelis adam wainwright tyler anderson carlos carrasco and marcus stroman what's it called and why is it called that um this is called final fantasy because it just always comes out and it's just steady 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 Hmm, that's nice you know just trying to think of like what a game I associate with the color green because this tier is all filled with risers. Which oh yeah. So what I did, what I did do is I said tier eight, I said, you know what? I think guys like Sonny Gray, Sean Manaya, Michael Kopech, Kessie Gore, they should all go underneath this, the, the stable guys who have just mm-hmm. been really good. And I took some of the ones that are at the bottom of it and put them into tier 10 or maybe actually even tier 11. Uh, so yeah, those all got, those guys all rose up, including your boy, Marcus Stroman. Mm-hmm. yeah that was i mean he had that really good start uh against the dodgers right yeah, four innings you know he showed up still ill about 60 pitches i hope he gets up to 75 in the next one but i imagine after the all-star break that you'll see like the, the normal dependable marcus stroman to me that means okay fine just like it's, it's the weak kind of like is this going to be all right whatever i i feel bad that like at the end of the like one of the things that will likely be forgotten to history um, unless you're a St. Louis Cardinals fan, is the season that Miles Michaelis is having this year. Um, I mean, even tonight, seven and a third with a one earned run, six hits, no walks, and five Ks against the Phillies. Like, <laughs> that's good. It's a good start. And he's just doing what he keeps doing over and over again. And it's been a lot of fun to watch. 
Oh, man. So before this, though, uh, across his last four starts, three of them combined for eight strikeouts. <laughs> That's him. What do you I mean, aside from the one this year, yeah, where he had like it, a billion. Well, so it's I mean, it's it's hard to I, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to lean on a 239 Babbitt from a guy and a sub 10 percent home row five ball rate. You know, I mean, my, my job, I, I get this. This is why, I mean, he's still 51 or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's hard for, for me to, to say, oh, you're making a grave mistake, which is, if you remember Kendall Graveman never getting strikeouts, that's what I would call this, um, which is you just get two strikeouts and give a night, all right, whatever, um, or doing the Dougie for Doug Fister. Uh, but, you know, you know that the, you know, he's very likely not going to keep a sub three year, right? And a, He's not going to flirt with a one whip the entire year. Like, it's just not what the large sample speaks to. It's been great, and I understand that, but I'm trying to rank from today onward, mm. and I don't believe that. Um, and it's really hard for me to to go so heavily against it, but I think a lot of people listening to this would understand, like, yeah, okay, I got that. And he's going to okay. keep a sub-20% walk a strikeout rate. He's going to keep a Babbitt that's likely not 240 on what he does. And as far as hard contact allowed, you're saying, yeah, but that's got to be what's good about them. No, it's 26%. It's 74th among all starting pitchers. Oh, because he allows all these ground balls. No, he's 108th in the majors and ground ball rate, just 44%. So something's got to give here. His XERA is 393, sorry, 363, um, which I think speaks a lot to like, yeah, all right. Like, let's say, let's say Michaelis is a 370 ERA guy. Let's just say 36, you know, with a uh, one, 15 whip the rest of the way and a 20% K rate. Like, I think that's worse than where I have him now. So, you know, that's why like I was there. If Jack Flaherty is perpetually good at sustaining these elite BABIPs, then maybe Miles Michaelis might be able to sustain it a little bit as well. Ah, interesting. I mean, that's that's just saying that the... Uh, <laughs> remember last week we talked about Paul Goldschmidt? Yeah. And what was the number one thing we said about Paul Goldschmidt? Uh, so handsome? No fast what was it his uh i don't know defense oh, he's yeah. like the his worst of the, the majors worst, yeah, yeah. The worst of baseball what's going on not to mention the hard contact rate allowed in the career of jack flaherty is elite only 20 percent hard contact allowed while miles michaels is 25 percent for his at least last yeah. four years i don't know if we're talking about babbitt that the defense at first base is the position that we should kind of be harping on very, very fair uh, that's true but i uh, i don't know uh, there's just a lot of elements that go into play here and i think that it's exceptional what we're seeing from Miles Michaels right now. All right. Uh, moving on to tier nine, 56 through 64, Sonny Gray, Sean Manaya, Michael Kopech, Aaron Ashby, Nick Lodolo, Tarek Skubel, Mackenzie Gore, Alex Wood, and Alex Cobb. What's it called? Why is it called that? This is the dusty N64 cartridge. Okay. Because you're blowing on it. And you're like, please work. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's well said. I was told you I got some special ones in here. Yeah. That's really well said. Uh, so I, I, we are, I mean, we can talk a little bit more about Shamanaya, obviously. So an okay start tonight against um, uh, Colorado. So in cores as well. Um, like I said, six and a third innings. Uh, you know, two run runs, five strikeouts. Is this enough to kind of turn them around a little bit for you? I mean, that's encouraging. Obviously, uh, if you want to talk about just tonight with Shamanaya, but I. Uh, it's it's something where I don't know how much I believe in the secondaries to come around in full. Um, I like the fact that the sinker is around 91. Um, it's supposed to 90 miles per hour. 
the changeup hasn't quite been what I want it to be. We had seen 70% strike rate last year on the pitch, just a 63% this season. And the breakers haven't really been present that much. Uh, curveball has dropped 10 points from 15% to 5% and increased the slider eight points, but it's really just 15% breaking balls overall. And it's not really that big of a factor, sub 60% strike rates. So it's so hyper-reliant on the sinker that to me goes in and out a decent amount. And it makes a more volatile guy than I want him to be. He does have that ceiling. He does have that ability to just all of a sudden wake up and be like, all right, today is the day I get 12 strikeouts against Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You know, and he does that. And that's exactly how Shamanaya talks, by the way. I've met him. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it, we really haven't seen him have that kind of outing for a bit. Um, I mean, he had eight strikeouts, one and run six uh, innings against the Brewers, but it's back and forth a little. And I don't think that you're going to drop Shamanaya. I don't think you should. Um, but right now it's a 418 ERA, 123 whip, 25% K rate. I think the ERA should be underneath four, um, you know, 123 whip. But a guy like Michaelis, I'm just saying, weighing this, Michaelis and that crew go above because it's a little bit more stable, a little bit more concrete about the production that you're getting. Are you being a little too lenient with Aaron Ashby rising three, considering if he's not getting hit, you know, he didn't really get the strikeouts last time, though he did get hit as hard, right? He he was able to survive without giving up fewer than four earned runs, which is the first time in five starts that he's been able to do that. But here he is still rising three after just striking out three pirates and going five innings pitched. You know, he had that one start at the beginning of June where he, he threw 100 pitches and obviously the forearm thing. And now 62 pitches, 72 pitches hasn't really been able to put it all together yet. Why is he rising? Uh, rising. I don't know if I actually really touched Ashby on this one. Um, Pavetta dropped, uh, Perez dropped, Tyone dropped, Syndergaard dropped. And then there was also an, an innate negative one because I had to add three guys and remove two guys. So that's what happened to Ashby. I didn't really, okay. I didn't touch him. I put the Sonny Gray Mania um, Kopech above him. But really, my thought process with Ashby is that if you're grabbing him, uh, it's for him to develop. And him and Nick Lodolo both are guys that we know have this innate talent that I think this time next year are going to be way higher on this list. Mm. Um, and now they are both in a situation where you're, they're going every five days to the end, is my understanding for both of these right now. And it's not necessarily about this moment in time. It's about seeing and visualizing the chart that is upticking through September, right? I see that with Ashby. I think his slider is elite. I think he's uh, having a better approach to that sinker now. And I think the change, you can get strikes. And those are the three things we're looking for. Looked better against Pittsburgh. He was up to 72 pitches. He'll probably go up to 80 or so in the next one. It starts going up for, for Ashby at this point. All right. The last person I want to talk about in this tier is Alex Wood. Uh, he ends up rising eight spots into this tier, coming off a, a really, really good start uh, against San Diego in San Diego. Seven, uh, seven innings pitched, one walk, eight Ks, no one runs, just three hits. Um, ends up picking up you know a good amount of called strikes in that sinker, seven whiffs on the slider, with also seven called strikes. Just a beautiful, beautiful strike zone plot like just a straight up triangle really mm-hmm. just like really a straight up triangle just like sinkers up changes away sliders down and in uh really good stuff what do you think of alex wood here yeah we saw the slider wake up 41 percent csw on that slider and going elevated sinkers that's cool that's essentially the blake cell blueprint right i uh, earned himself a golden goal with it 
that's encouraging, but I need more of a sample. Uh, we've seen Alex would go back and forth a bit through the year. I'm really happy that he's at 92 plus velocity on the fastball. It's better than it was 91.8 last year. Uh, but we this is the first time really seeing the slider wake up. And as long as he keeps doing that, I'm going to keep rising him. Uh, all right, let's move on to the next tier. Another tiny little baby tier here. Tier 10, four spots, 65 through 68. Hunter Green, Josiah Gray, Eric Lauer, Nick Pavetta. What's it called? Why is it called that? This is called the uh, the Rogue Wii Remote. So you're having the best time ever. You're playing Wii Tennis, you know? Oh, what a, what a great time. And all of a sudden, the strap breaks and your TV's broken. Mm. And that's how it feels starting a lot of these guys. Pretty much all four of them. Was, you know, these hoping- are your... Yeah. Go on, go on, go on. Yeah, yeah. So you got like Hunter Green. You know, you don't know if he's going to be that 100.1 mile per hour average fastball with an amazing slider. You don't know if Josiah Gray is going to be able to elevate four seamers and actually throw his breakers for strikes. You don't know if Eric Lauer is going to have 21 whiffs on his four seamer or just five. And you don't know if Nick Pavetta is going to go on that Vargas roll a second time. I gotta say, I was hoping for a few more specific video games, but I'll take it. It's still, it's still. I gotta do variety fast. We've had, we've had everything but video games for the past four tiers. Um, no, you had Final Fantasy mixed in there. I apologize. Yeah, what's uh, going on, here, buddy? Mixed. You're right. I'm sorry. Uh, and I do want to mention. I know a lot of people are going to be very curious about Mackenzie Gore. What do you do with him? Velocity's been down the past five starts, under 94. Actually, five ago was 94.1, and then four of 93 and change. It could be like 95 and 96. I imagine the Padres might give him a rest. Um, for the all-star break maybe just put nick martinez at the end of this one and gets an extended break to kind of reset a bit they might want to redo his innings or not but honestly i think the the ceiling is too high for mackenzie gore for you to drop him at this point and that's why he's at 62 i could have put him in this tier um above at least tier 11 where i feel like you're not really in your best interest to chase those guys um but do what you want to do with gore if you see something interesting that you want to go for this week go ahead I personally will continue holding on to him and just kind of wait and see what's going on there. Okay. Um, Josiah Gray rises 17 spots. You know, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head a little bit in, in, in your description here, but elevating that four-seamer super well, bringing that slider down the way super well, very effective in that last start as he picked up 22 overall whiffs. Are you just thinking maybe he, he's starting to put that command together a little bit more? Maybe. Um, I, I am curious if he can find the right balance between breaking balls and fastballs it's really nice to see 11 strikeouts from uh and a 11 whiffs also from the four seamer from josiah gray i mean that's amazing mm. um the question to me has always been how how far can he get with his breaking balls because that, that happens every so often with the fastball but it's not really that consistent and if you can really lean breakers 60 percent of the time maybe 65 and really take the responsibility off the fastball we can actually see it perform at that level then more than it's utilized more as that whiff pitch and not hey just get my fastball in the zone and see what happens right mm-hmm. so it's been nice i mean this is uh you know, had the six earned run game against miami both sandwiched by nine striker games and 11 striker games right so hopefully we see this josiah gray that i've been dreaming of for a while i think i said in the preseason july 1st is when i want josiah gray what does he do that's the six earned run game against miami it's like no no i meant after july 1st you know <laughs> Uh, but that was this 11 strikeout game. Hopefully, I uh, that's yeah, this is an indication of what we see moving forward from him. Let's move on to tier 11, which is our chonky tier 69 through 81. Jose Arquiti, Martin Perez, Noah Syndergaard, Jameson Tyone, Paul Blackburn, Corey Kluber, Merrill Kelly, Kyle Gibson, Marco Gonzalez, Ross Stripling, Drew Rasmussen, Aaron Savale, and Zach Plezak. What's it called? Why is it called that? 
This game is Heroes of Might and Magic 3, because whenever I just need a video game to play, I'll play Heroes of Might and Magic 3. That's very lovely. I'm trying to think of what my go-to is. Do you know that know. game? I don't. I don't know Heroes of Might and Magic. Yeah. Man. Oh, man. This is like a mid to late 90s game. It's like a turn-based. I, I, I don't Resource management, like... It's just so fun. I don't know how to put it. It's so calming and nice. You put on some music. You just kind of chill. You can take all the time you want to like plan your turns and stuff. And it's just, ah, what a, what a lovely game. <laughs> so it's kind of like a sieve. Yeah, but think, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like sieve, but it's a little bit more focused than, than the kind of the abstractness of that is sieve, right? Okay, fair enough. Like sieve is a lot to handle. Like this is a little yeah. bit more like, okay. The 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 best changeup by Stuff Plus, according to Ethan. Oh yeah, says, I know, I know who this is. I got, I know it. It exists in this tier. Who is yeah. it? Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> I want to like make a joke out. and say Paul. Yeah, Blackburn. I can't. <laughs> yeah, I can't do it. I can't do it. It's Ross Stripling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. He's up to eighteen. He's up to eighteen spots in this. I, I'm not totally sold that that changeup is enough, but maybe it is. Uh, I mean, we've seen these amazing change-ups from guys before. Remember how good Bruce Zimmerman's was? Yes, of course. This year? How could you? Um, and then just it kind of goes away. And I feel, I, I generally feel more hesitant to trust an elite change-up from a guy that doesn't really have much else mm. um, than, say, an elite slider. Because then I feel like a slider, you can really kind of lean on that more in a start. Elite fastball, you certainly can, right? Um, but a change-up, it just feels... Maybe he's throwing it more to lefties and can't really do it against righties as much and so on. So I'm not quite there with the Ross Stripling. And I, I will say, I mean, it's not like the other guys are bad, right? That'd be easy for Stripling to leapfrog them. Like Jose Arquiti has been doing really well. The the miracle that is Martin Perez's 2022 still exists, even though the six hundred runs against the Twins, because I was just in one of those six innings that he pitched. He was glorious in the other five. Change of command is still there. Syndergaard and Tyone have been good. Tyone is whatever. And so on. I... So Stripling, if he keeps performing this way, I'll keep praising him. Funny, you know, third best ERA in the rotation currently for the Blue Jays, but second best FIP, second best Sierra, better than Manoa uh, in, in both fronts, which is kind of interesting. Just uh, it's, he's been I don't I don't say that to to be like, oh, Manoa, he's going to fall off. I say that more to be like Ross Stripling is better than people think this year. And you brought up Zimmerman and he fizzled completely. But stripling's been very very consistent for uh for the the blue jays which is what they need because barrios i mean kikuchi's been better of late but it's been brutal um as yeah the, the games. a couple a small pushback here is it's really been about seven starts so far for ross stripling that's it um and only two of them have been more than five innings mm-hmm. um two of them have also been under five innings uh so not you know it, it's it's not quite enough for me right now just one of them above five strikeouts actually just two of them above five strikeouts or above four strikeouts um it seems a little too pedestrian for me to really shoot him up the ranks at the moment okay fair enough um obviously you can't just hit on one person in this tier I don't like no. that to, to, to focus on the negative you already talked about uh, martin perez a little bit but what about noah Syndergaard? He falls 12, just continues to to get lower and lower, you know, each week. Are, are you anticipating maybe a nice little reset for him at the All-Star break? I mean, he's at well, he did well. 
Yeah, he did well in the last two. I mean, it was 15, uh, 15 strikeouts as you, you were mentioning last two starts. I just don't buy it is the thing. And, and maybe this is very harsh. I, I kind of took those three and said, you know what? I think those three of per- Perez, Syndergaard, and Tyone are separate from Tier 8 of Walker, Michaelis, Wainwright, Anderson, Carrasco, and Stroman. And then I saw Tier 9 that was including Tier 10 and thought, okay, all of these are here. Fine, I need to separate them. So then I made Tier 10. And then I said, okay, great, cool. Now here's the next guy. It's like, oh, Urquidy needs some love, so fine. And then I took Syndergaard. And it just happened to be a negative 12, right? I don't really think my my view of Syndergaard has changed that much. I think more so of James and Tyone than it is of Syndergaard. And you can make an argument that Syndergaard belongs right below Strowman at 56, right? And I honestly wouldn't really have too much pushback on that. Um, I could also see him right at 62 or uh, right below Cobb at 65. Not a big deal to me. I think a lot of these guys are incredibly similar between tier nine and tier at the end of tier 11. Um, and if you were saying, Nick, you just had 15 strikeouts, push up Syndergaard. I buy that. I understand. But I also think that Syndergaard is not the pitcher you remember from before. I think it's a worse fastball. I think it's a worse slider. Changeup has worked well for him, but it all still feels very fragile. Um, and not something I can really rely on down the stretch. We have a big test, uh, I believe, on Wednesday. No, it's actually tomorrow when he's going to go against the Astros. So we'll, we'll Oof, see how that goes for him. There. Yeah, not a lot. Of, although Jordan Alvarez, less Astros, which maybe stings a little bit less, but they're still doing fine. So he's it's <laughs> still it's still a powerhouse offense. Um, all right, let's move on to the penultimate tier here, tier 12, 82 through 87. Matthew Liberatore, uh, Brian Bayo, David Peterson, Ian Anderson, Trevor Rogers, and Reed Detmers. What's it called? Why is it called that? It's called Breath of the Wild 2, because please be good. Please, oh, okay. please be good. Okay. You know? Yeah, I, I like that. <laughs> I like that. Oh, uh, yeah, it's uh, I, I mean, I'm going to tell you guys right now, whenever that does come out, which sounds like it will be like April of next year or something, mm-hmm. I do not, I'm not going to give you any fantasy advice. Yeah. I'm yeah. going to be so bad, and I, yeah, it's going to be rough. Just let you know, because I mean, I, when when the first one came out, I told all the pitchless staff that I had personal things. I told all my friends that I had pitchless stuff, <laughs> and that's just what I played for the weekend. I mean, you did too, you know. Totally. Oh yeah, I was exhausted. I oh, woke up at good. four a.m. Yeah, that one. it was um, it was amazing. Matthew Libertore, he, he, he reappears. You said, "Please be good." He he has, uh, you know. His um, oh, man. his pitchless page is all so blue. It's really it's funny. very it's very blue. It's, it's all blue. High. There's no red. There's nothing. No, it's sponsored by Eiffel sixty five. Oh, um, look two at that starts. Ball. Thank you. Back to back starts. You know, hasn't gotten into the fifth inning. Um, thrown seventy four pitches in that last start. A little no, I can't even say it's a little bit more encouraging. It's more encouraging in that he didn't give up five earned runs. But it is against Atlanta with no one runs, three walks, and four Ks. What do you what do you want to see from Matthew Liberatore? Oh man! Um, first of all, Papa Smurf over here, I mm. uh, increases velocity in all of his pitches. Mm. So ninety four all of a sudden instead of ninety two and change. He showed up with a slider that was three takes harder. And wait, a slider? Uh, this was a fastball curveball guy who didn't really throw much of a slider before, and he threw that more than uh, well just as much as his curveball. I'm I'm very intrigued here. I uh, I think Libertor Libertor, as you would say, mm-hmm. I 
with that fastball, pinpointed a lot to, to right-handers, uh, had a nice slider and a nice curveball. Like, there's something here all of a sudden, especially with this increased velocity. The curveball was up two and a half ticks as well. The sinker was up two full ticks. Really interesting. I'm I'm super curious to see what we get moving forward from Libertor. Maybe it was just him being amped that he's back in the majors. Mm. I don't know. But I'm watching now. I'm curious. Okay. Yeah, I can, I can respect that. Reed Detmer's um, nice nice start against the O's. Six innings. Uh, no one runs, two hits, one walk, seven Ks again. Pulled a, a little bit too soon. Curveball really didn't pick up as many whiffs as you would think, considering how good it looks. Just two whiffs, three called strikes. Um, but here we are reappearing on the list, just kind of getting a little bit encouraged by that most recent start. Well, just like Libertor, he's he's throwing a new slider. That's three ticks harder. Other stuff, not as much, but not as much velocity jump. But this is a new pitch. And the one thing I've been saying about Reed Detmers is it's been fastball, curveball, and nothing else. And he needs something from that slider. He leaned on it in this one. 36 thrown. But it was only four whiffs. So I I am going to be monitoring this as well. I want to, I'm very curious to see if Detmers can turn this harder slider into an actual whiff pitch. And if he can, then he can flip that curveball in all he wants into the zone. He can stay elevated with that 93 mile per hour fastball. And that can work. I haven't seen him do it yet though. And so I I saw this one against Baltimore. I wasn't as encouraged as I wanted to be um, because, you know, because essentially he's not getting the swings and misses. He's not dominating that slider as much as I wanted him to. But this could work, and uh, I think I'm, yeah, I'm keeping an eye on both Detmers and uh, Labrador. I wanted, I was tempted to put one of them as 100, but I liked them too much. I couldn't nice. do it. Well, let's find out then who the number one 100 is as we move into the final tier, tier 13, 88 through 100. Johnny Cueto, Madison Bumgarner, Chris Flexen, Cal Quantrill, Tyler Wells, Devin Smeltzer, Jake Odorizzi, Graham Ashcraft, Patrick Corbin, Keegan Thompson, Zach Granke, Dean Kramer, Michael Pineda at 100. What's it called? Why is it called that? You still say Pineda. It's it's Pineda. Always. I, I will never stop saying it. <laughs> I think I, I've said it since he debuted. Oh my god. I uh, this is the Candy Crush tier because you know you're gonna be on the train. You're like I don't I don't want to play this, but like I gotta play something. <laughs> So you're gonna play Candy Crush. Uh, that's very good. That's very good. Yes, this is the this is every 65 year old woman's favorite tier. <laughs> this is this tier. And get your Sandy Crush shirts right now yeah, in the right store now. with Sandy Alcantara. Uh, listen, uh, Madison. I, I'm so tempted to go back to the what year is it? Is Madison Bumgarner? You know, he he returns to the list, which is great to see. I think he's been on a few times so far this year. Um, a, a pretty good start against uh, Colorado with an okay start against San Francisco before that, an okay start against San Diego. And what do you get when you have three okay starts? You've gotten an unranked turning into a number 89. Yeah. What did you see from Madison Bumgarner that, that has you putting him back on the list? 92 against the Padres, 92 against the Giants, 91.5 against the Rockies. It was Rocky Road. He did his thing. All right, Bumgarner, if you're living as you hover 92, that works. I can I can deal with that. If you're down to 90, then we're out. But if you're hovering 92, Bumgarner can't be a streamer. So fine, you're here. 
Continuing with this theme of old men, uh, uh, Jake Odorizzi has a gallows pole against Oakland. Seven innings pitch with one fourteen seven Ks. Like four people got a share of the gallows pole that day, okay? (laughs) Still, still, uh, he'll take it, man. He'll take the participation trophy here. Um, Are are you just thinking maybe that the old Odorizzi, you know, high in the zone fastballs blueprint is, is back? So I, I led with him. I called it fresh odor. Mm. And I was really tempted to call it odor whiffs. Um, but he didn't whiff because he went zero and runs in seven innings, right? Mm-hmm. However, I think his fastball command isn't quite there yet. It was an upper half, but it wasn't upper third um, of the zone. And he does get the athletics next. So he can do the same exact thing again if he's a little bit better with his command than it. I think it can sustain something close to the seven inning zero and run seven K game, but not exactly that. I mean, I don't think anybody's going to predict that for the next start for Rizzi, but Hey, it, it's not a terrible stream. You get it. Congrats. We will end the way we always do discussing uh, number 100, Michael Pineda. He goes today. I thought every double. time I thought every time fast. And what I do you know? You, Keep him on your toes, Nick. <laughs> Keep him on the toes. Uh, five and a third uh, against the Royals today with two earned runs, three total runs, seven hits, no walks, two strikeouts. Um, still still worthy of that 100? You know, he's, uh, he's pitched in now nine games this year, and just one of them has been above 300 runs. <laughs> that's, that's unbelievable. Right? Isn't it? And that was on April 27th. What's his home uh, run per nine, though? Homer per nine is fifteen uh, percent. Oh no, that's Homer five ball rate, I should say. Homer hits per 15, nine is nine. Fifteen, um, 15 home runs per nine innings. Yeah, I know. Fifteen percent really for yeah. Okay, I, I said it was Homer five ball rate. Homer per nine is uh, is a little different. It's one nine five. So he's so pretty much all the earned runs he has given up have been via the long. Yeah, ball, pretty so. much. Yeah, yes, yeah, so that's uh, you know not fun. But uh, look, he's someone who just kind of finds a way to go like five innings and two and runs. And it's blowing my mind. It's a 118 whip in 120 in 2021. It was a 123 whip. 2020, mm-hmm. a 120 whip. 2019, a 116 whip. He finds a way. He doesn't walk anybody. He has he's a the, nine hit per nine. and still has a 118 whip. He's a you know, Pineda, man. Here. Well, it's not, I mean, I, that is a video game, I guess. But, yeah, you know, life finds a way. Yeah, I was with it. Don't worry. Pop quiz. I'm always with it. Pop quiz. Where is Garrett Richards pitching? Um. Oh, I knew this. It was the Rangers. It's still, still. Rangers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I did not know he was a Ranger. Yeah, I know. Weird, isn't it? It is weird. Um, Nick, <laughs> we did it. We did, we did it. it. If you're still <laughs> yeah. with us, which you should be, please feel free to tune in to Nick and Alex Base. Fast. We're going to go a little bit long on this podcast if you saw him everything. Dave. Good save. Uh, we got a lot to talk about tomorrow. We got some draft stuff we're talking about tomorrow. We're talking about yeah. the trade deadline tomorrow. Um, maybe we'll maybe we'll uh, we'll talk about. Uh, um, we already did awards for the first half of the season, but we got plenty to talk about. So you should tune in tomorrow. But that is going to do it for episode number three thirty two of On the Quarter, <laughs> the official pitcherlist.com podcast. I'm your host Alex Fast, and I'm Thorny Nick Pollock, and we'll talk to you guys tomorrow for the Nick and Alex Baseball Show.